The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest and controversial, no, we're probably not going to be that controversial, or will we today, in the world of PlayStation. Uh, We have some fun chats coming up later in the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the length of games and what games feel like they're the right length, what games outstay their welcome, are there any games that are too short that we went, uh, that we wish went on longer, we're also going to be talking a little bit about the PS5's UI, because a feature is going away that maybe you didn't even know the PS5 had if you had one, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, before we do, I'm joined this week by Mark Medina. Alexa, set the timer for 10 minutes. Oh no, don't. Don't do that to <laughs> I want to see, see who watches this podcast on a television. <laughs> Mark, I listen to so many podcasts out loud. I apologize to everyone. Hold on. I don't. Alexa, cancel that timer. <laughs> There we go. Perfect. Now we're, we're Perfect. reset. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also joined this week by Jada Griffin. Hello, hello. New hair, new do. Gotta just, uh, I'm here to represent. Let's talk about PlayStation stuff. It's looking awesome. I, I love the thank color you, choice. Um, I I got my hair colored for the first time uh, literally two weeks before the pandemic happened. I was really excited uh, to be like, I you know what? I'm going to go crazy. I've never had color in my hair. This will be really fun. And then two weeks later, it was like, oh, no one except for my girlfriend will ever see this hair. Cool. Uh, it worked out really well on my end. <laughs> I thought um, you did it like because you knew it you would be inside like because of the pandemic is like I can experiment now it's fine but no mm-hmm. you were like I'm gonna go out in the world and show this and then like oh all my dreams are just gone shattered yeah no it wasn't like a oh in case it looks bad like no one's gonna see it or like I'm sitting at home and so the lighting on the podcast may be different no it was just it was I was really excited to show people my cool new hair and then it didn't matter um so I, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic every most people they, they did one of two things either a got really long hair and beards because like you know hair cutting places were closed or whatever or they just took it into their own hands and just shaved bald and they're like i'm i don't even care uh <laughs> did my wife gave me a haircut so that's fair. <laughs> did anyone do i don't know anyone who did the shaving i do i feel like i saw photos but i don't know anyone at ign who did like i'm going bald Nobody at IGN. Okay. Everybody at IGN went uh, went post-apocalyptic. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, they set the mood. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen him, John Ryan's hair is just incredible at this point. Um, but you know, speaking of the length of hair as it developed throughout the pandemic, let's talk about the length of video games. Wow, what a transition, Jonathan. That was great. Uh, Segway plus. Uh, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about this because um, we, we've we been talking over the last week or two. Uh, a lot of conversations came up around Stray, which is a roughly, you can beat it in under five hours. Some people can beat it faster mm-hmm. on their first go. There's a speed run trophy for beating it under two. Um, and a lot of debate came about of like, is it the right length? Does it feel like it's uh, too short a game? Did we want more of it? Does it feel like it's the right length for the game that they're doing? And a lot of these questions came up and and got us all kind of thinking about like, what are some games we felt like were the right length or games that went on too long um, or, or games that were even too short? Um, I think, you know, we, we kind of want to talk about games we feel like worked well in the length that they're 
campaign spans you know obviously we're not talking about multiplayer experiences necessarily here or like free-to-play stuff uh in terms of games where you're playing 100 matches a week or whatever but i i think we kind of want to i haven't beat Fortnite. i still yet. can't i'm trying it. my hardest <laughs> um despite everything I, I mean there is technically a campaign you can still play the save the world campaign if you uh that's true subscribe that's true. I- I actually, surprisingly to everybody, probably I played eight minutes of Fortnite over the weekend. Hey. How eight minutes? Wait, tell me what happened Wait. in those eight minutes. Did you play a match, I or was, were you just on the menus? I was, <laughs> I was making breakfast, and I put my, I put, I was making breakfast pizza. I threw it in the oven. I had eight minutes left on the timer, and one of my friends who I was hanging out with had to use the restroom, so he's like, "I need you to hop on the controller." So I played for eight minutes of Fortnite. How did you while do? He went to the bathroom. Uh, I did about 200 damage sniping, and then my squad ran into two squads and mm. got annihilated, and then I died last. So I held up the team longer. That's I think we finished tenth. And then the pizza was done. <laughs> and then the pizzas were done. Well, yeah. Uh, Jada, welcome to the the Fortnite gang. We're happy to have you. Oh no, no. <laughs> Damn it. That would be the last time. That's all it takes. That's it. That's all it took. Anyway, the Fortnite. Could you imagine a world where if you get like a battle royale in uh, a victory royale in Fortnite, like end credits roll? <laughs> it's like you did it. You beat the game. Every time you get a win, though, <laughs> just, it's unskippable. Um, it's just... We can talk about unskippable credits later for a game I was playing. But anyway, um, we did want to talk about game length and kind of games we think worked well in their time and games that didn't. Um, you know, things of that nature. I think the first thing worth pointing out about this conversation that we're going to have, first and foremost, is we're not talking about the the length of a game as it relates to the amount that you would pay for that game. I think at the end of the day, you know, like how much you are willing to spend on a game is, is a personal choice for everyone. Obviously there's a lot of conversations about, you know, was stray worth buying on its own for $40 or $30? What I forget which it exactly was. Is it worth it to just subscribe to PS plus extra instead? You know, obviously a lot of the last of us part one remake uh, questions around price as well um, for different reasons, but we're, we're not talking so much about like whether a game's price merits the time more so about whether the 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 way the campaign is laid out the way the games you know naturally unfurls as you go whether it feels like it justifies the time that it goes for we're, we're kind of talking about here uh the other thing i think worth mentioning is that for the most part we're if we're going to talk about a game that we feel like was too long we're not saying that game was bad because of it um we're just sort of saying like we feel like it what it outstayed its welcome maybe or that it just there was a great game and then it went on for another 15 20 hours i think you know i was thinking about a lot of the too long games that i've played and i enjoyed them and then i just put them down because mm-hmm. i had to move on because i just wanted to play other games so you know i i think there's a lot of what we're trying to get at here is like what does it mean, I guess, for a game to be the right length? What does it mean for it to be too long or too short? And I guess, you know, before we get into any specifics, do any of you feel like there's a sort of, I don't think there's any sort of like magical uh, equation to it. I think it it really just depends on what the game is striving to be. I think like using Stray as an example, Mark, maybe from your perspective, that game feels like it, it uses the length that it is correctly. I feel like it's the right length for what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, uh, it's totally a subjective thought, right? Like, when you think of Stray and you think it's five hours long. I've actually seen people say, like, I I wish Stray was, like, one more chapter because I wanted this part a little bit more fleshed out. And I'm like, that's totally valid. I don't feel that way, but, like, I, it's a totally valid argument. Uh, And then there's a lot of people that you know love witcher 3 and something witcher 3 something that cd project has even come out and said hey we know we put too much content in that game <laughs> like the little question marks became a little overwhelming some people really really love that and witcher 3 is is one of the greatest uh you know open world rpgs of all time so for someone to say oh the game was too long it's you know it's too long for me kind of deal totally. I'm, I'm not saying that for myself because I have only ever played the first few hours of The Witcher 3, but like, it's totally like a subjective topic. Uh, every single game on here, like when I look at the games that Jonathan, I'm like, I love those games. I also agree that they're too long. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of wiggle room in there and kind of what we're talking about. As Mark said, it's very like subjective for the experience you wanted. I think like, you know, there are people who will probably say, I couldn't get enough of The Witcher. I have played it through several times and want to just keep yep. experiencing it. So, yeah, it's a it's a very much personal thing. And I would love, you know, for next week's episode, if there are certain games that you feel like were the right length or like really outstayed their welcome or were too short, please write in to beyond.ign.com or, you know, leave a comment on the video version of the show and we'll, we'll read some of those answers next week. But uh, to jump into some, uh, Jada, let me start 
start with you. Uh, what's a game that you felt like was just the right length of time? I mean, I got to go with one of the greatest campaigns that's released in the last like decade or so. I forget the year it launched, but Titanfall 2. <laughs> um it's been out for so long it feels like but not out long enough i don't know it's uh it's it's covering all parts of the spectrum 2016 um, for reference 2016 there say, we go so I, it was it years. was early mark ign Same. and i started I in 2015 so <laughs> i couldn't remember if it was 2014 or 2016 maybe the first one was 2014 the first, maybe one the first one was, was 2013 yeah there we go that's what i'm confusing but titanfall 2 um i mean this campaign is just like falls to the wall like it's just literally full of action it's just constantly giving you new things and new things to try and new mechanics and all the level designs are great fantastic the story is well done it's paced perfectly like there's a reason why so many people want a titanfall 3 and it's because of this campaign like the multiplayer is great as well but the campaign is just so well done um mm -hmm. i just i you know, it's Mark, you were telling me like this is one of the ones you visit regularly, right? Yeah. Well, the thing with Titanfall 2 is like I've never even thought about length. I don't even know how long it takes to beat <laughs> the game. Just like it every level introduces like something new and cool and is like original, like has really, really iconic levels. The, the portal level for one, mm -hmm. the smart pistol level towards mm -hmm. the end and then the like house building platforming level like there's so many like iconic things that happen in that game that i think that that's what makes it a perfect length game because i'm never thinking about the length i'm just playing it and just loving every second of it <laughs> i think speaking to that and i think that's something that you know we touched on in our like stray spoiler free discussion but i think a game that continuously introduces new ideas or new concept per levels um is a way to keep things fresh, even if it's a short campaign, like I'm looking it up on a, our sister site, How Long to Beat, uh, and it says the campaign is mostly six hours for people, uh, you know, six to eight hours it falls in somewhere, uh, which feels like a good uh, FPS yeah. campaign length. We rated this the second best uh, first-person shooter campaign of all time. What's number one? Wait, yeah, now I want to know what the two. first one is. Half-Life 2. I was going to say good IGN, but I, it's Half-Life 2. Um, huh. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is one I feel really bad. I still haven't played it. I have it like I own it. I think I own it in both physical and digital for some reason, and I still haven't played it, and I feel really bad about it because I know both of you have talked about it a lot. Well, of I spoiled around. a really cool last I, I've heard you. about everything, <laughs> so... Um, but it's it's so it's so good and bt is amazing mm -hmm. the, the game is great uh it stars matt mercer and everybody loves him well, now this me, is before so. he got really really big so uh yeah the game is awesome um yeah it's it's one that i've heard continuously great things about um jada you have you gone back to it since like you originally played it or is it one that just like really has stuck with you over time yeah i played it <sighs> I think I played it on Xbox like back when it first dropped. And then I think it was either, I think it was last year was part of my trophy run um, where I went through and redid it, played through it on PlayStation and got the platinum last nice. year. So um, it's, I don't know if I have it on the list for this year. Cause I've got a lot of stuff backlog <laughs> that I'm trying to catch up on. Um, but I might be able to spare like an afternoon to breeze through it again. Yeah. Um, and this time I don't need to play it on the hardest difficulty and go mm. for all the trophy stuff. I can just kind of enjoy the story and, chew through uh, the enemies for with a you know with with ease i think uh at the end of this year you definitely need to give us a status report of the games you're going to do that marathon platinum run for and then we can you mm. know circle back at the beginning of the year why did i say circle back we're not talking about professional things um we can talk mm -hmm. in the new year about all the games you did platinum <laughs> um, yeah but were you going to say something else? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I'm actually considering streaming it this year. Ooh, cool. um, that way people can follow along with live progress. Uh, so we'll see. I'm working. I'm getting some of the stuff set up and prepped for it. That nice. way it's organized Yeah. Um, instead of just, you know, random. I get it. Yeah, I, I, my girlfriend wonderfully helped me create a bunch of stream assets for me, and a, a lot of prep goes into it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I really need to get to this one, but it's good to hear that it feels like it's it's the right length for that. Mark, what's one for you that feels like it's the, the length that it should be, that it feels like it doesn't outstay as welcome? Yeah, uh, the timer for us. I don't know when we're supposed to go to break. You keep going. But, I, uh, I <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I actually thought about it a lot, and I was like, I, I would love to find a game that I felt like was too short, but I, I can't think of anything there's like there's like almost never a situation where i'm just like you know whatever um 
the game's over. I'm happy with that. But something I actually replayed recently because I got a PS5 patch was What Remains of Edith Finch. That game is like an hour and a half, hour 45, if you know what you're doing. It's the definition of a walking simulator. Like it is like peak walking simulator you you just walk from room to room and it's it's essentially just a movie like it it tells you a story but an interactive movie there are gameplay elements you actually play as a cat at the beginning of the game so it's it's the original stray um but uh uh yeah i i don't know if you guys have played it but it, it's it's something that i don't know i just i the moment it ended i was like yep that was that was that was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. If they, if it was even just like a half an hour longer, I felt like it would have probably dragged on a little bit more. But the second you're like, okay, I kind of get what's going on. It ends. It does its big like ending reveal. And then you're just like, great. That's great. And it makes me want to go back and play it every time I, I start thinking about it. Because I know that it's something that I can just like pick up in an afternoon and just like play it in one continuous. Because like I said, there there are like things where you're like, I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to. Not necessarily, I don't know where to go. But like one of the first memories you do is like you're like going around as a monster. And it's like you could get a little turned around. Um, but once you know exactly what room you're supposed to go to and and, and in what order kind of deal, uh, it's definitely something you could breeze through. Yeah. And uh, the game is great. If you've not played it, the music is fantastic and the story is awesome. You really should. And we'll uh, talk a little bit more about Eve Finch and some other games that we really enjoyed right after this break. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, let's hear them talk about it. Shows that are so bad they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
and welcome back, everyone. We uh, were just talking about Edith Finch. Uh, Mark, you were mentioning, you know, it's sort of something you can play like hour and a half. I did just have a friend who mm-hmm. played it. It's on the PS Plus, I think, Extra Collection right now. Unfortunately, as far as I know, the Extra, if you redeem it via Extra, you can't get the PS5 upgrade. There's some weird sort of... Oh, that sucks. Yeah, there's some... <laughs> there hopefully gets sorted. I know this has kind of happened with PS Plus before. But yeah, this is one that I think, without spoiling it, again, refreshes itself every little bit. Mm-hmm. And it keeps introducing new concepts and new ideas and things that make you be like, okay, the next 20-minute chunk of this game is not like the last 20-minute chunk I just played. Like you said, it is, at the end of the day, a first-person like walking simulator thing where you're going through the story. Yep. But how it approaches that changes the context every every. 20 15 minutes or so it's really cool in that way yeah well and that's that's kind of like like uh you know just the first like memory you know you do like i said you you kind of you become a cat because like it's the the whole game can be interpreted in like weird ways right there's no like i i don't think there's any right or wrong answer um but you become a cat and then you become like a little monster thing and it's like that only happens at that moment there are there are different versions of these things every time you progress um but then it's one of those things where it's like if you want to take your time just like in games like gone home there's every inch of the house can be explored and you'll see button prompts everywhere and she'll say different things that like don't necessarily progress but she just like has things to say about everything so it's like it's definitely a game you probably could play for like longer than two hours um but i remember my first playthrough just being like yep that was great yeah jada have you played it i actually have not um i was considering putting this one on my trophy list for the year um because mm-hmm. i just never got around to this one i've heard nothing but great stuff about it um but i think when it dropped i was uh kind of snobby about like kind of like walking sim type games experiential stuff um, there was, there was also a lot of them at that time. There was. Um, <laughs> and so I, it's just one that I just never got around to. I'm pretty sure I own it because um, it's give, <laughs> they've given it away so many times on PS Plus, I want to <laughs> say. Um, but I just haven't got around to it yet. But it definitely looks interesting. And based on your description, it sounds like it might be more up my alley now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I loved so many of these games when they came out. I remember one of my least favorite was the one that like popularized the the genre, which was gone home. I, I liked gone home a lot, but I, I remember finishing it and kind of being like, Meh, you know, and then I played this and firewatch and firewatch is fantastic. Firewatch and that's what kind of got me. Yeah. That, and that's what kind of got me hooked on, on, these and I started appreciating. I, I I think playing this in Firewatch and like everybody's gone to the Rapture made me kind of appreciate Gone Home more because I think I was kind of like yeah I was like I don't really understand what the point of this is like when I was doing the description for the uh, for the PS5 version of the video I made for this I I was like this is when the gameplay starts the the gameplay <laughs> like this is when you get to move like it is the gameplay right gameplay isn't just swinging a sword Mm -hmm. in this game the gameplay is walking so this is when it is and and if you're watching the b-roll this is when you become a cat (laughs) awesome i think that's something that we've we've definitely as more games are released in general but i think also as people try different things and especially cross genre experiment um i think stuff like walking simulators originally i think there was derision toward it because it was the idea of your and i mean the the name of the genre inherently is a little bit derisive but it was sort of like oh you're not doing anything you're just walking through but most of them find really interesting ways to make you interact with the world to the way they deliver their story through the environment and all that sort of stuff i mean it's sort of the same with visual novels like you could be pessimistic or, or just kind of write the genre off as saying, well, I'm just reading a book that's on the screen with still images and occasionally choosing dialogue, but the genre is so much more complex than that. And I think walking sim games have gotten that way as well. Um, yeah. I, I, and well, and the thing is, is like, yeah, exactly what you're to your point is like walking simulator is not what these are called. Sure. That's like a derogatory, like it's audience given name. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think they would be preferred to be called like narrative adventures. Yeah. Like narrative driven experiences. Of, yeah. Right. Kind of like, right. Yeah. Under um, the there's only one umbrella sort of. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Cause they kind of are like adventure. Like you can take Edith Finch and kind of, and even stray and <laughs> kind of just be like, this is an adventure game. You're, you're mm-hmm. looking around for things to click on. You're just not using a mouse pointer anymore. You're using, you know, a cat or, you know, first cat person is perspective. your pointer. 
there, there is a walking simulator. The cat simulator. is your maps. Yeah, exactly. There, mm -hmm. uh, there is a walking simulator. That's Death Stranding because that game you actually are simulating how walk to walk properly. Or or quap. Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh man, quap. Uh, if only it were on PlayStation. But uh, yeah. yeah, Edith Finch definitely recommend that out there. Especially uh, yeah, Jada, if you're interested for your trophy run, I think it takes you can get the trophy in a single playthrough. Um, otherwise, you know, it would be a probably a short like half hour cleanup at most. So you can get the trophy, the platinum within like three hours, I think. Um, nice. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, it's going on the list. Perfect. Uh, for me, there were a lot of games that I I wanted to call out as just right, and one that I made mentioned later this is like an example of the other extreme but a because we're kind of all talking a little bit about shorter games right now and i do think mm -hmm. another and often a shorter game has the benefit of feeling like the right length because it doesn't usually outstay its welcome for me one from sony first party that did this really well there's a few of them but i think for me uh i always think about my experience with lost legacy um you know especially yep. coming off of the back of uncharted 4 which i think a general consensus for that game was as great as a lot of it is some people definitely felt the length of that game toward the, the latter half of it i think that's probably the most common complaint you see is that it feels like it went on a little too long toward the end lost legacy is kind of the opposite it's one of the shorter uncharted's you know the the first one or so notwithstanding um but one of the the definitely the shorter of the the ps4 entries and I think it just uses that time really well. I think having the sort of like the two main protagonist focus of, of the two of their stories going on simultaneously as, as the focus of, of the plot really lends things to it with Chloe and Nadine. I think the, the pacing of combat puzzle exploration and like set pieces is really well laid out throughout this one. And I, th I think it just, you know, it's a really interesting one because it originally started as a DLC bonus that was going to be part of Uncharted 4. And then it actually grew to be so big, they released it as a standalone thing. But I think as a standalone, um, I think it roughly maybe is like six to seven hours, maybe a little bit longer, especially if you're like going for completion of stuff. But I think it it, it almost plays a little bit like a greatest hits of Uncharted. Like they figured out what the model of the older Uncharted's could be like and really executed it for me the best. When you like think of the way the older trilogy worked and this one, I see them all kind of more of a piece even than four because four is just such a bigger adventure. But um, yeah, for me, Lost Legacy is just like, I've, I've been meaning to, I still need to play the PS5 version. I was running through the series with my uh, girlfriend and then we took a break from it. But I uh, really, really loved Lost Legacy when it came out. I don't know about either of you, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that game. And it's funny, it's, uh, I, I, it's kind of like the format that it took, where it's like Uncharted 4 was this longer game that some people have kind of looked back at and thought, man, this might be a little too long. Leg Lost Legacy is just like this perfect length. It kind of happened with Spider-Man as well. I, I know it, it, there was a a little bit of a, a little bit of rumblings when Miles Morales came out and people were like, wait, so was Spider-Man 2018 a little too long? Like, cause Miles Morales is like perfect. I personally don't fall on the camp of Spider-Man being too long. I thought that, that game is just so damn fun. Uh, but I do fall on the camp with, with uh, Uncharted 4. Um, that game is pretty long, but <laughs> it is also my favorite Uncharted. So yeah, but yeah, I love Lost Legacy as well. It's possible to love a thing and critique it. Who who could have thought? Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I think Lost Legacy is probably my favorite. Um, I just loved how they changed how the design kind of evolves as you play through it. Like it very much has this system of where there's that one area where you have like the three towers and the puzzles difficulty changes depending on which which tower you go to first it doesn't matter which tower you go to first the easiest one will always be the first one you do the hardest one will always be the last one you do yeah um and there's a bunch of stuff like that in the game and i love that about uh lost legacy yeah it's i think they really cleverly played with the length and form and function of an uncharted game and i think for me more than anything that's why i've i've wanted another uncharted was like what do do a smaller one like this that's totally okay just like make another one like yep. that please it would be so great i think you know going back to your mention mark of spider-man as someone who reviewed both games i never felt like spider-man the story was too long i think if you're trying to go platinum it it gets a little too long in the tooth mm -hmm. because of the the crimes that you need to go for and, and how repetitive that gets but i think what miles showed was like they can tell a really concrete precise story in this world that's a little shorter but still feels so great for me it was like Spider-Man's campaign wasn't too long. I think it was just the way at the end of the day you reused the your time in the world became a little too long in the tooth. But like campaign-wise, I never felt like it was too bad. But um mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, I would agree. Moving on yeah. from there, 
uh, I did just want to actually mention as one that's sort of on the opposite spectrum, and there's probably people who disagree with me, but I actually do think for a very long game, I really love Persona 5 because it, I think, changes up the flow of the game in many ways. Uh, You know, obviously it's infiltrate a palace, the dungeons of that game, live your life, infiltrate a palace, live your life. But the way palaces get introduced and the way that... um, you learn about things changes throughout the game. So just as you feel like you're getting into a familiar pattern, it changes itself. Um, and so I do think there are long games that can feel right, but it's, it's definitely harder mm-hmm. to nail down, you know, Mark speaking to Witcher for some people, as you were saying earlier, but also I know persona is also just yeah. too long for some people. So, you know, my, my long game honorable mention was red dead two, because red dead two is very long, but that game, I feel like earns every chapter it gets. I love that game a lot. And I, I remember finishing it and never feeling like this is going on way too long. Um, and, and same could be safer for, for grand theft auto five, another long game that I really love. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there are definitely two, there are definitely long games that I think, uh, still earn their time. Yeah. I, I don't need every game to be short. I just want it to earn how long you're forcing me to spend with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of games that are too long, we're going to talk about those in just a second right after this break. Beyond and welcome back. We're talking about games that we feel like work uh, in terms of the length that they are or games that are maybe too long for us, games that maybe outstayed their welcome. Maybe we still really liked them. I think uh, most of the games that I've thought of as we were planning this discussion were games I still really, really loved. It was just kind of one of those. Maybe it went on a little too long. Um, but before mm-hmm. we get to all that, Jada, what is one that you have felt like went on maybe a little bit too long? Uh, so this one is this one was a tough one for me because... I, I'm a completionist, so I like to finish my games regardless. But sometimes there are games where I get 20, 30, 50 hours in. And I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah. I just I can't do it. I'm bored and I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, one of them was Digimon World New Order. Um, this one came out quite a bit ago, um, but I was reminded by it because I started playing Digimon Survive this week. Um, and the, how the is thing, that, by the way? I've heard the dialogue. Okay. There's a lot of dialogue in the buildup for it. Um, and it's voice acted, a good chunk of it's voice acted, which is nice. Um, but I don't know, I, I, I'm i only probably about five hours in, um, and I'm still like in part two, which I don't know how many mm. parts there are. <laughs> it's like, you hear part two and you're like, okay, I'm like in the second act or the second half of the game. No, this is like literally the second chapter is like part two. Um, you're in the second half of the tutorial. Yes, basically. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, prologue of, part two. That That's a um, lot of the, the feedback you get with persona where it feels like the tutorial's too long for some people. But anyway, um, but yeah, Digimon uh, world new order, uh, was a lot of fun in the early hours, but the Digimon get old at some point, like they age as you progress through the game and then you, they revert into eggs and then you have to re-raise them to get back to your power spikes. So I just remember there's a lot of times where I would get to an area like a dungeon or a quest, and then my Digimon would be like, oh, hey, we're too old now. We're going to revert back to eggs, and then I have to go hatch them again and then raise them back up from rookies up to their champion or ultimate or mega forms to be able to take on the next area. Hmm. Um, And so it just kind of artificially lengthened the game by having that age mechanic. And like... Age mechanic is not a new thing when it comes to Digimon games. I understand that. It's always been, not always, but it's been a thing in multiple entries. Um, but it just it just made the game drag on so long. I was just like, I can't do it again. Um, which is a shame because I was game, really enjoying it. The game is so long, the literal characters in the game dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I oh figured this was probably the one of the best ones I that's could like, bring up for this. Yeah. It's like the most literal definition of two long uh, that's a real, characters. Yeah, that's a real meta commentary on, on the length of a game that you're playing. If the characters have gone on for too long. Um, is that oh. is that something that's at all present in Survive, at least from what you've played for? or Not that I've seen so far, okay. thankfully. Um, I really hope it isn't, and it, I just haven't gotten to it because I've been doing a lot of free battles, just kind of like leveling up and power leveling early. Gotcha. Um, which could be a downfall later on. Who knows? Digimon is always very like your Digivolutions are based on your stats or your bond with your Digimon and see who you who you get when they Digivolve. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that system works because old school Digimon World on the PS1 
you messed up stats and did something wrong, you got stuck with the the poop oh, uh, Digimon Numamon. I remember those days not fondly. Yeah, not fondly. Not at all. fun. Yeah. Not fun. Uh, definitely, I rented that game from Blockbuster for a week and then never rented it again because I felt very bad about my choices. Um, <laughs> you'll have to let us know about uh, how Survive turns out though, because that was one I know a lot of people were excited for and interested in pre-launch. I know there's been some sort of like. Uh, we didn't get code, I think, to launch, so some people were sort of like worried about the state of it. But uh, yeah, I'm curious what you think as you play through it. Um, Mark, what's one for you that you feel was uh, a little too long or oh outstated? Boy. It's welcome. You have it written down. Oh I have boy. some questions for you, but you know, uh, let's go oh first. Boy. Go first. Go ahead. Here we go. Okay. So a few months ago, I, I was like, okay, I have played World of Warcraft since 20, 2005, uh, and, and Final Fantasy 14 all the rage so let's let's get into this that game guys holy smokes i can't even explain to you i i don't want to say the words unwelcoming even though i just said it because <laughs> i know that a lot of people will not like that okay so here's how final here's how world of warcraft works okay and world of warcraft everything's level based right so you want to go so you find yourself in wrath of the lich king's area northrend and you're in grizzly hills and you're like i hate grizzly hills i don't want to do these alternative you like i don't want to do these quests these quests suck you, i don't care about these bears that i have to kill what you can do is you can just grind you can find side quests to do. You can go do dungeons, right? And once you out-level the area and you're allowed to go somewhere else, you can just go somewhere else. Are you missing, you know, kind of parts of the story? I, I guess. But it's there's not anything stopping the player from just being like, I don't want to do this. I just want to dungeon grind from zero to... Yeah, I, level cap's like 60 now. Maybe 70 with the new expansion. I can't remember. Anyways... Final Fantasy XIV does not let you do that. Final Fantasy XIV has a main story quest, none of which are skippable. And when I tell you that this goes on and on, I can't even I can't even begin. So I'm playing through, and I'm just like I'm just doing the main story quest because that's basically all you have to do now. You don't even have to do side quests to. Mm -hmm. I, I was still out leveling the main story quest. But that's a problem, right? I'm like level 40 doing level 20 main story quests because you can't skip them. You are not allowed to. So I got to the point where I'm just like, I'm not really letting the dialogue play out. I'm just like quick reading everything. And I'm just like, okay, tell me what I got to do. So I get to level 60 and I'm like, all right, time to move on to the next expansion. Nope. I looked up. I still had 70 plus main story quests to get through. I'm not done. I'm not done. That's just to get to the next expansion. I had 70 quests of A Realm Reborn to get through. Then there's patch quests, which mm -hmm. are quests that came out after the main story ends, but before the next expansion. Another 60 quests I had to do before you could go to the next expansion. And every expansion has that. So, basically... If you want to play with your friends who are max level and in Walker, it's it's like 400 hours of quests. That is too long. I'm sorry. That is too long. It used so to be alternatively, worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard it, they just added where like you can do um, dungeons with like NPCs now because the dungeons would like stop you you would then need to like because dungeons are part of the main quest uh alternatively what you can do is you can pay 25 dollars for a main quest skip right there's two things you can buy you can buy a, a level thing that puts you at the max level but it doesn't let you skip the main quest so then you still have to spend hundreds of hours doing all the main quests or you can pay 25 dollars to skip the main quest but it doesn't level you. So then you're at just at the mercy of side quests, uh, fates, and instance grinding, right? Or you can pay $50 and do both. But then you'll be told by every Final Fantasy XIV player that you skipped the best story ever told, apparently, but at least mm -hmm. maybe ever told in an MMO. So after about a hundred and something hours, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm out, but I don't want to skip the story because that's what everyone says is so great. So I'm skipping the game altogether. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. 
Final Fantasy 14 audience. Your game is too damn long. FF14 fans, drag him in the comments. Burn Go this for it. Man I don't even care. No, I mean, yeah, I, there's there's no rebuttal. There's nothing anybody could say. That is too long. 400 hours? No. What I will say, to be fair, I will say oh, I agree in the terms of I wish there were easier ways to skip around because I'm someone who came to FF14 very late and, and have to go back to it. I've taken a big gap, um, but beat A Realm Reborn. Um, mm-hmm. It was made as a game a decade ago that you were playing the beginnings mm-hmm. of those quests. And the intention was that all that stuff would be played originally over time. To me, it sounds like they didn't find the best solutions for people who are coming in now is, is the biggest thing. Which is why I prefaced yes. it with yeah. <laughs> unwelcoming to new players i do find the guy i do find the game extremely unwelcoming to new players like it is if i want to play with my friend who's at the end of Endwalker, i either have to just immediately spend 50 dollars and buy all the expansions of course or whatever it is they make you pay for mmos are weird um or tell them i'll see them in a few months <laughs> well the solution like, that i had was i had five other friends who started at the same time so we didn't have that problem but no i get there you go. uh so you just need to get but you still mark. gave up you only got past a realm reborn yeah but I, it was already 100 plus hours we had spent like a weekend staying up straight trying to mm-hmm. get a house we literally were taking shifts. <laughs> like we, luckily, we had friends in different uh, territories. But we literally would be like, "Okay, I wake up and I sign into the game and have it running in the background while I work. Uh, I go to bed. My friend in the UK is getting on soon, and he's going to look and wait at that spot to get us a house. The housing system is is it, house lotteries. I did. I didn't not even. A joke. I yeah. I didn't even get to that point. But what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that you are still four. I think four expansions away from Endgame. Oh, I'm not even close. Which yeah. is probably 250 hours. Because every expansion, according to how long to beat, but how long to beat looks a little like inflated sometimes. I Just doing some Google searching, people have said that every expansion is probably around 50 or 60 hours. But there's four of them. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're definitely 200 hours away from like Endgame you know in walker the great thing that this game does that something like world of warcraft doesn't do is you only need one character right because if Mm -hmm. you decide i want to play as another character you you don't have to do the main story quest again you just have to do that class's quests you know every five levels or so and then just you know kind of power level it to the main level so that is like one thing i'm like i will never delete this you know this character will stay with me forever because (laughs) I've yep. progressed so far in the main story quest, I, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's been my favorite thing about uh, Final Fantasies and MMOs, just that that fact of having one character that can do everything. The tricky part yeah. then is just managing your inventory between all your jobs, because mm-hmm. like I have my Paladin, my Ninja, my White Mage are all like 70 plus, I want to say right now. And everything else is like anywhere from 40 to mm-hmm. 60 or so. And so like, I just kind of rotate between them when I get to a, uh, like a story quest. I'm like, oh, I'm past the story level. Well, I guess I'll do, I'll hop on to my, uh, my warrior and I'll, I'll do a quest as a warrior or I'll hop on my uh, black mage and I'll do it as a black mage this time, uh, which is kind of nice. So it kind of gives you that kind of wiggle room for, uh, but if even if you do don't want to swap classes or you don't have a class leveled up, it just levels you down, which is nice. Um, it just caps you for that yep. quest, and you still get the full experience for your main job when you when you finish it. So yeah. you still get the mm-hmm. exp. Um, nothing's lost. Nothing's uh, you know uh, forfeited for you know playing a, a level that's max a class that's max. Unless the, you're at level cap for wherever we're at now, then that yeah. exp just kind of banks for later. But Mark, to like I I think to your point of like when you're trying to rush through it to catch up, you feel that time pressure, I think more than anything. So I get, I get where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. My, my thing was, is I was going to play with a couple of friends yeah. and I, I, I eventually had to just tell them, I was like, nah, this isn't going to happen. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I want to, I want to live correct something as far as like world of Warcraft versus something like final fantasy 14, sure. the games just play completely different. So while mm-hmm. final fantasy 14, you can just change your class. World of Warcraft does give you the option where if you're playing as something like a paladin, that is technically three different classes. You can play as a healer, 
uh, a tank or a DPS. So the games just play differently. So that's not a, I don't, I don't want to get into like how each one chooses how to play a class. Like sure. they, they just do it in different ways. Sure. Well, in World of Warcraft is also a visual novel as we all know. So exactly mm-hmm. where it's like, where it's like final fantasy. If you're playing as a white mage, like you're, you're, you're healing. Yeah. Bro. That's what you're doing. That's uh, well, if you're doing your job properly. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. You could just jump around like I do. I, yeah. I, 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 I was playing as a bard and I just never stopped moving because they don't really have like cast spells. They're just shooting with a bow and arrow. And I just jumped around. I had a lot of fun with the game, but yeah, again, too long. You're, you're not saying it was a bad game because of it. It was just a sort of, yeah, a little mm-hmm. long for you. Uh, too long for old Marky. <laughs> for that old old man uh we'll talk a little bit more about long games right after this and we're back talking about controversial things that will get mark hate in the comments but in addition to that uh i have a game that for me was also too long and and this is an interesting one because i realized just a few minutes ago i talked about a 120 to 160 hour jrpg that i said i felt was the right length um but i I gave up on a game that I was really enjoying because it felt like it was going on for, for a little too long, but that was uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, and I say uh. this, <laughs> I say this with the full knowledge that I am someone who played all of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is often, mm-hmm. I think the one people at least of origins and Odyssey said ran on way too long. Um, and, and I do think there is a little bit of uh, that game definitely gets a little long in the tooth as well. But for me, Valhalla was, I played, I think, 40 to 50 hours. It it was 40 to 50 hours in, and I just didn't feel like I had made progress. Like, I I was moving through the story. I was completing quests. I was taking time to go explore and just experiment with the world, but it felt like a thing where the more I got into it, the more, or, like, the less I felt like I had accomplished to a certain degree, um, because yeah. it, it just beca- it's a massive game, and I think you know this is where sort of the like money and time divide is out the window for this question. Because like if you are buying maybe two or three games a year, and you can get AC Valhalla, which will keep you busy for two hundred plus hours, then mm-hmm. yes, that makes sense. I think it's also something where if I maybe played this game over a longer stretch of time uh because i played those first 40 hours like over a christmas break like it was all i did for a couple weeks and i i just kind of got burnt out on it i just felt like i was running through motions i wasn't really interested in progressing i just was progressing because i felt like i had to um but you know i was enjoying the world i think it's a beautiful world i think the um some of the expansions to stuff are a little too much for me but i i think the way that they started to build on the rpg ideas that they had in origins and odyssey were very good and so it wasn't a lack of interest in what the game was it was just like i just at a certain point was like i don't even am i anywhere near the start or the beginning or or the start or the middle Mm -hmm. of the end of the game like i didn't know and i think we were talking off show and mark you were like roughly around the same point you were you were telling me where you were and it was like oh for most people that's like not even really the beginning of the game like we're just getting to the the main thrust of the game to a certain yeah i mean i i I could be wrong because I never made it past this part, but yeah, you you start in what it's like. It's like Normandy, right? I can't remember exactly. Uh, you but start you start on, the on like a, of, of Mass Effect, exactly, yes. and you mm-hmm. go from space. Uh, Norway. I mean, is, is it is Assassin's Creed? It could, it could be. Uh, it could, it's plausible. <laughs> uh, but you start on an island, and then you know, and then when you leave that island, and you you head to to, to the main land uh that's when you get your logo right and you're like all right this is when the game starts and the way it's structured is you can kind of go in many different directions from there and and do these like tiny vignettes almost well i I said the word tiny, and I definitely don't mean that <laughs> uh but yeah you basically are going to different towns to help people and each vignette comes with somebody who then is like i'm gonna go back to you know uh Man, it's been so long since I played it. Raven's Hold, I think is the name of your town. Sounds right. Um, and they're, okay, good. And I'm like, and, and they're going to go back with you. And I still had a few of those to go. You kind of just, you go to the map and it, you choose which one you mm-hmm. want to do. And then you go and do it. I still had a few of those to go. And somebody who has beaten the game told me, yeah, the game doesn't really start until you've done all of those. Then it becomes more assassin's creed like right now you're just like in the recruiting phase so i don't know if that's actually like true i don't know i don't know if people would uh maybe that's just when the the story got interesting for that particular person that i was talking to um 
But hearing that news <laughs> made me be like, oh my gosh, I it, don't know if I can keep going. <laughs> honestly, that sounds about right. I think I put about 70 hours in, similar to Jonathan, where it was just over like two weeks and I was going through the motions, like almost identical. Like I was just like, yes, Jonathan, that was exactly <laughs> the same way I felt playing this game. Um, and I got through, I think I have like one, maybe two left of those people to recruit, but I felt like if I I could be wrong, but I feel like I remembered as, as I did a couple more, like more kept popping up mm-hmm. and I was just like, mm-hmm. I have more people to recruit now. I'm like, Ugh. I was so ready to move on and get like on with the story and actually progress stuff. And I just never felt like I was progressing. And to your like tiny comment, Mark, it does feel like it's tiny in scale to like the whole game. Right, right. Which Each is... one of those is like hours and hours long. <laughs> But when you're in a game that's 100 hours long, that's, yeah, they're tiny in scale. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I feel like I'm, it's going to be, if I ever end up going back, it's going to be like a 250 hour investment for me. It's what I feel like right now from where so I'm at. Con- and like, <laughs> and so like, confused on what this beer is. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're talking about glitches in the game. Um, Obviously must water be. stuff, but yeah. But yeah, yeah and I think yeah. it was Norway is where we started, if I yeah. remember correctly. Norway, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. <laughs> Normandy, Norway, they start with Nor. They're yeah. the same. A They're beach somewhere. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, for me, it was one of those things where I was enjoying the game up into the part where i'd and you know speaking to like both of our experiences maybe it was just playing it in too much of a rush sort of thing maybe it's i i was talking to a friend recently who who has played through the whole thing and they were like i thought of the game more as almost like a uh, a prestige tv show where it was sort of like each of those recruitment sessions was almost like an episode or like a short season mm-hmm. of it and i was like oh that structure thinking of it that way makes a lot more sense but I didn't feel like the game communicated that, I guess, for me. It was like a, I think that is, yeah. that actually would probably make me go back and be like, okay, I'm going to complete an episode this week and then maybe mm-hmm. take a few days off and complete another. And knowing that it wouldn't affect the flow of it, I think for me, I was like, well, it's got to be ramping up, but it's because you you have all these mini stories. I think it feels like it ramps up and then it, you know, has a, has a fall down again so it can begin the next mini uh, arc that it has and i think that flow just wasn't what i was expecting or prepared for and it really threw me as i played but like i think the world they made was beautiful i think there were a lot of clever stuff going on in there um i loved i was playing as female ivor and i loved her performance i thought she was great but um mm-hmm. yeah just one of those ones where i would like to go back to it at some point but i know it's going to be a, a probably 150 hour investment and that just is a, mm-hmm. a little scary i think the yeah. solution is to just play a little bit over a long period of time yeah it seems to be the we'll more finish helpful. it yeah. we'll finish it in 2030 perfect what what i heard is that whole the vignette section is like that's the viking part of the game and then the next part is the assassins part of the game interesting and i was like i was like okay i want to get to the assassins part huh but yeah. the Viking part is, Viking part is too long. <laughs> um, it's so long. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things. I'm very curious about that. Obviously, that franchise is also in a little bit of a, like a pause moment. Uh, they've been supporting Valhalla post-launch for a couple of years now, uh, and we yeah. we've heard rumors and they've talked a little bit broadly about what AC Infinity might be. And it almost sounds like AC Infinity is taking the episodic approach, but just building it into the the way that game is going to be structured in terms of a platform that introduces new Assassin's Creed campaigns into it. And so, yeah, I, I was thinking about it as I was playing or thinking about this conversation. I was like, man, I, I kind of want to go play like the older ACs again. Cause they're, they're longer, but they're, they're more contained than the more recent ones. And I think there's, there's a nice balance you can reach, but, uh, I was going to say, I didn't know about that with the infinity about that kind of like, piecemealing it out and releasing over time i was going to say when we were talking about how your friend mentioned like premiere tv i was like that actually might be a good idea yeah for assassin's creed it's just like hey every month or every two weeks here's you know the next eight hours of quests almost Mm kind of like how final fantasy 14 does it post launch post expansion yeah like Mm -hmm. i think that could work really well because i feel like i would be more apt to be like, okay, cool. I did everything that I can do right now. I can take a week off, go play whatever I want to play, and then come back in a week or two and do the next large chunk. And yeah. Then come back. And like, I guess you, we could do that ourselves and like self govern ourselves to do that, but <laughs> it's a lot harder. I don't know. Maybe you I know, just totally. have 80, 80, ADHD when it comes to playing like these open world games. And like, I'm like, oh, like, 
I need fur from this goat. So I got to go hunt these goats now <laughs> because I need fur to upgrade my base or whatever. Um, and so, and then I get lost doing other stuff. I'm like, oh, there's a side quest here. And then another side quest. And then you're doing a million side quests and you're not progressing anything. Yeah. Um, meaningful, I, at least to the story. I think to that point, it's a little bit of like the way we were brought up on this series, like as people who played it from the start or even, you know, jumped in maybe mm. sometime later or bounced in and out. I think it's something that just it was a different expectation that I went into than I think the way Valhalla is probably best played, which is in that that regard. You know, that's actually going back to Persona. The recommendation I often give people who feel like it's going to be too long is like, look at each palace section like a like a, a mini arc. And if you need to take a break or two after that, go ahead and do it. And it works very well in that way. And it's clean. Maybe I just needed to think of Valhalla that way before. Maybe I'll come back a year from now and be like, Valhalla is my favorite Assassin's Creed. Who knows? But um, <laughs> yeah, I, and I'll say i will say on that infinity part i'm not a thousand percent sure if that was confirmed or just the bloomberg report but uh part of that bloomberg report i believe became confirmed shortly after so for now it's it's the assumption of how that game will be structured but i i think they have such sort of like a future platform for assassin's creed um anyway with with all of that in mind uh we are running a little bit shorter on time for all of us um in, in terms of making sure we can do the rest of our work day. Um, so I don't know if we want to hold the PS5 UI feature for maybe another week. Instead, it's up to you, buddy. Instead of rushing through. Um, I will say we were going to talk about, and maybe this is go a good call for other comments. We got a few on Twitter, and thank you to everyone who sent in. Uh, basically, as I had mentioned at the top of the show, accolades are uh, a thing that was launched with the PlayStation 5 where you could essentially tell other players they did well. In multiplayer. Accolades? What's that? Exactly. I don't even know what that is. Um, it was... I saw, I saw the headline and I was like, they're going away. And I was like, never knew you were here. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> think it worked across all games. I think it was very limited. The only game I remember it working in was Ghost of Tsushima Legends when I played it. Um, but anyway, PlayStation confirmed that in fall of 2022, the Accolades feature will no longer be supported. Uh, the feature hasn't seen the level of usage we anticipated, so we are refocusing our efforts. Uh, we encourage the community to continue to send positive messages to one another. Um, anyway or posmens or pos yes as the kids call them posmens yeah. um mm -hmm. if that's going to be if that means something else that i don't know i apologize uh <laughs> anyway uh it apparently didn't get the the usage that they thought it would i didn't remember it after the first week of the ps5 being around so i kind of wanted to I, I think maybe for a future week take stock of where we think the ps5 ui and its features really are right now um Obviously, there's a new update uh, coming out soon or just about to come out or it's in beta. Uh, I believe introducing some folder functionality that people have been asking for. Obviously, we've seen updates for things of uh, trophy layout and format and things like that. Uh, VRR support and, and things of that nature. And 1440p resolution. Yes, that one as well. Um, but I am curious what people feel about, like if you've had a PlayStation 5 and you've been experiencing it, whether for, you know, a week or uh, almost two years now, do you like the UI? You know, PlayStation took the different approach from Xbox. Xbox basically did the same UI. They bridged it across the generations. PlayStation did kind of what it's done the last couple generations and refreshed it almost entirely. There's some lineage there, but it's otherwise pretty, pretty different. And so I'm curious how at this point people are feeling about it. Um, if there's certain functionality you really want to see in there, please let us know. Uh, if there's functionality you love and think has been a really great boon in addition to the PS5, let us know that as well. Uh, write into beyond at IGN.com. Uh, I'd love to hear what people are thinking. It's clearly something that they are, I think this is the like second or third UI beta test over the last year. Um, so it's something they are continually striving to improve. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. let us know. I'd rather not, uh, rush through talking about the way we all use our console every day. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Um, but before we do wrap up, uh, Jada, I do briefly just want to give you some time. You had mentioned, uh, on last week's show that I was not on, uh, thank y'all for holding down the fort with chaos, as I'm told. Uh, is that what we did? Chaos. <laughs> uh, very, very specified chaos, I would say. Uh, but mm -hmm. there was discussion about uh, where to jump in for the Yakuza franchise, correct? Correct. Yeah, I've never played them. And with the news of them all coming to PS Plus within the next month, um, I put it out to our audience to tell me where to start because... I was like, do I start at zero? Do I start at Kiwami? Do I start at like a dragon? Where do I start? I figured like a dragon was at the end, but uh, zero and Kiwami always confused me. Um, thankfully, uh, AO Bubs and Cheddarverse 
um, and our YouTube comments came through and, and uh, took care of me. Thank you guys very much. And then Calamity Andrew at AC Barton 08 on Twitter also hit me up uh, with a tweet letting me know. So thank I know you Calamity all Andrew. What's for up? Calamity Andrew is a good guy. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you guys all for uh, thank all of you for helping me out. And I'm sure there was probably other ones I might have missed. So thank you to everybody else who did also send me stuff. But those are the three ones that I could find easily when prepping notes for the show. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, so where are you going to start for sure? I am starting with zero. You are zero. Yeah. Starting with zero. Then it's Kiwami one, Kiwami two, three through five remasters, six. And then like a dragon, unless six is like a dragon. Uh, no, that's, uh, I think seven, seven is like a dragon. Correct. Yes. So, um, but there we go. Cool. That is the order. I started with Kiwami. So maybe I made the mistake. We'll find out. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so like the the way uh that uh Aobubs mentioned it is that uh Kiwami is fine to start uh but zero has one of the better stories and it's designed as an entry point um and it has i think it has a lot of characters that kind of it prefaces a lot of characters to get you set up for Kiwami one and two which are like from the ground up remakes of the, the original releases yeah so um i think you're fine to finish Kiwami and then go to zero or maybe I don't know, stop in the middle and go do a little, <laughs> take do them piecemeal, chapter by chapter each. I'll, I'll play one chapter go. of each game. Uh, oh my gosh. It, uh, then Can't wait start. to hear what you think of them in five years. <laughs> uh, I either will really hate them or find it a really incredible way to play the, that franchise. Um, but yeah, that uh, I'm glad everyone was able to help you out with that. Uh, and thank you to everyone out there who uh, watched and listened while I was gone. I'm, I'm glad uh, there were no uh, problems or anything. Nope. It was all it was perfect. It was all good. It was a perfect, perfect show. episode. Perfect. We had a uh, Tyler Robertson yes. from the social team came on. He was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Tyler's great. It was good. Well, glad Tyler can make it. I, I want to. Yes. I want to tell a quick story. Go for it. I, I, this is a, this is encouraging. This is a hopeful story. And this is, I, I want to send everybody into the weekend with a little bit of hope in their eyes. Uh, I bought a PlayStation five with zero issue at all. You can finally not, play. Not, not not this one. <laughs> I, I've had that one since long. Yeah. Uh Wario sixty four, which is one of the uh which is one of the deal people, uh, he posted a link to buy a PlayStation from the thing and he was like, This is still live. And I was like, by the time I click it, it's it's not gonna be live. I click it, there it is. I was like, All right, well, we'll add it to the card and I'm waiting for it to kick me out. I, I do my credit card info, and three days later, I, I have a PS5 sitting right next to me. Uh, I, I, I just want to say, like, I, I'm i hoping this is the start of, like, PS5s being able to, because that was mm-hmm. weird to me, that I could just casually click a link and casually buy a PlayStation without, like, websites crashing and all this bad stuff happening. So I just want to say, I, th- I think I think we might be getting there eventually. I, I, I'm guessing within six months, you might be able to buy a PS5 incredibly, like, way easier. Like, that obviously wasn't the easiest because I think an hour or maybe like 45 minutes later, people started saying doesn't work anymore. But the fact that they were live that long is really, really cool. Um, so I'm hoping that by the time Christmas rolls around, you should be able to get one without too, too much trouble. And hopefully by the, you know, let's say spring next year, if you want a PS5, you can just buy one. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? But it, it was a weird thing for me to be able to do. And I just want to give the audience a little bit of hope that if you don't have one yet, you might be able to get one soon. Well, I'm so we're office spacing your old one, right? <laughs> that is exactly. No, you did somebody you were on destroy your PS5. somebody. I know, right? So part of me, I'm giving this one to my brother and I wanted to be a jerk and be like, hey, so the controller's brand new, the cords, it, it's the Horizon Forbidden West bundle. Mm. So it was, it was 550. Mm. Uh, I wanted to be like, I'll, I'll give it to you for a little bit less money because I'm going to give you my PlayStation and I'm going to keep the new one. But whatever. Uh, somebody on Twitter listened to the episode and they gave me a few tips and I haven't had the thing break since. Um, you, I thought you meant tips of how to break it. Yes. Throw it off a mountain. Yes. Just yeah. <laughs> Most creative ways uh, to destroy your PS5. It will be the call of the mountain, as they say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, apparently, the biggest issue is the USB ports. You either need to set them to always have power when it's in rest mode or don't have power at all. 
there's a setting in between where it's like they have power for like an hour. Interesting. A power. For, that's, I'm just like rhyming over <sighs> that's here. That's what mine is um, and, and that's what it like defaults to. <laughs> and that's what it messes up. So I switched them to where they always have power. I legit have not had that problem since. He also gave, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's an HDMI setting to make it where it's like HDMI link is what it's called. I don't oh, know what like- it does. I think that's the the one where if you're if it's linked to your TV, if you turn on your PlayStation, it turns on your TV and vice versa. Oh, got so it. I had to turn that off because my cat started jumping on my remote consistently and hitting the and power it would turn button. Turn your TV on, and it would turn my TV off. And then turn your, in the middle of my oh, game. Oh, and then turn your PlayStation off. Kill my PlayStation in the middle of an Apex match, and I was like, "That setting is done. I am never turning okay, that setting so- on again." my i don't know if my tv has that functionality but i turned that off and that is also working but my living room my wife's ps5 does have hdmi link on because we turn the tv on her ps5 turns on Mm -hmm. uh and hers never has the issue mine has so i'm i'm willing to bet it's the usb thing because that's he said that that's what the biggest problem is interesting so it's a tip out there if anybody has that like rest mode bug. I've never had that issue. The weird issue I've stumbled into recently is that my uh, dual senses will occasionally make a high pitched noise. Cool. Uh, Fantastic. I, I found this out. It's apparently uh, it's it is a problem. Other people have had the solution is to plug them in and charge them via the USB ports. Uh, and it can hopefully like mm-hmm. I use the uh, charging like cradle dock that they sold like third that, party like that guy right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I really yeah, like. Yeah, I think anyway. it's cute. But uh, apparently you need <laughs> yeah, to plug it awesome. in for USB to stop the line from happening. And it usually resets it. But otherwise, like I'll just have my controller next to me if we're like watching a TV show uh, on like the, the arm of my couch. And I just hear that. And I'm like, am I losing a frequency? Like, is it that thing where like a hair fell out in my ear and I'm, I'm, I'm my hearing is going away or like what's going on? No, it's just the dual sense. Old Age, Dornbush. It's the dual old sense. Age. I'm not getting old. <laughs> it's coming for us all. You can't stop time. I'm young forever. Um, <laughs> anyway, with all that in mind, uh, we've got a little bit of a longer memory card that I'm going to save also for next week. We're kicking it uh, down the, the road just a little bit just uh, for time saving, but I do really want to read this one uh, next week, but please continue to send in your memory card stories to beyond at IGN.com and we'll read them uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, in addition to, of course, any of your thoughts on PS5 UI changes or things you love. Uh, but with that in mind, that is going to pretty much do it for us on this week's episode. Uh, thank you, Mark and Jada for joining me as always. It's been a pleasure. Whatever. Cool. Um, it's a joy to be here. I'll be the opposite. I'll be the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, Had nothing else to do. Red, just just disconnect Mark from the call with that. Uh, but no, thank you, Red, our producer, for making the show happen. As always, especially with me back in the studio and there being more production and things. You know, thank you to our production team in general uh, for also helping out to make this all happen. But thank you also to everyone out there for listening and watching and for enjoying the show as you do. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for your support as always. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond. 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 Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna Original Podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. 